Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Hi, this is Dan Miller. We're going to be looking at some interesting questions today as usual. Our sponsor for today's podcast is eCornell.com. Now, if you go to eCornell.com slash 48 days, you're going to find that you can get a significant discount on a marketing strategy certificate. I'm going to be telling you a little bit more about that as it relates to some of the questions today. But again, that's eCornell.com slash 48 days. Well, here's a title for today's podcast. Stop being stupid. <laughs> now, I'll tell you why here in a minute, because we've got a, got a quotation that uh, deals with that. Here's some of the questions we're going to be looking at. You know, again, the questions, I always look forward to the time when I sit down and open that file, that magic file where all the questions come in. And, and if you got a question, you could go to 48days.com, click on the podcast link, and you'll see a little form there come up where you can submit your question. You can do it audibly if you want to, just uh, talk it or write it out, which most of you do. A lot of times I kind of get the essence of the message and just uh, say it anyway, rather than playing a long audio clip. But if you leave it real short, we can introduce it there. But again, the questions are just amazing. Real life questions. I can't wait to get some of them that we got today here. Here's one. Dan, I'm being asked why I stayed at my company so long. Now there's a twist on the old work model, isn't it? We'll talk about that. Dan, I was diagnosed with ADHD and dyslexic, dyslexia eight years ago. What advice do you have for someone like me? How can I become financially independent? All right, we'll look at that. Dan, should I pull out loans and go back to school to get a master's in business degree? Someone says, my wife is a dentist. and Her income will allow me to quit my job and pursue this passion of mine. And then somebody says, I'm finding that personal excellence often invokes jealousy in coworkers. Golly, how do you deal with that? Just trying to do a good job and you get criticized. People expect you to do a mediocre job. Well, here's our quotation for the day. It comes from Albert Einstein. Remember I said, stop being stupid. Now I've used this before, but it relates to a couple of questions we've got today. So I brought it back up again. Albert Einstein said, everybody is a genius. But if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it is stupid. All right. Keep that in mind. We're going to circle back around to that a couple of times today. Got a note from Todd Stocker who said uh, he liked the quote I used in a couple of weeks ago, I think it was, where I said, it is better to imitate greatness than to create mediocrity. Well, he adds something to that. He adds, but it is better to create mediocrity than to do nothing at all. Well, yeah, I guess so. I guess, I guess it is. You know, the, the principle is you have to get in the game, do something, but certainly we want to shoot for greatness. Thanks for the extra tip there, Todd. Well, I like to start off with some success stories, and we've got a ton of them today. Last week I did the interview with Andy Andrews, so it was a pre-recorded, so we've had a two-week gap of me accumulating stories here and there's a ton of them 
here's one of the things I want to share with you real quick. Jody Smith, who is a listener and an active member of 48days.net, has said that he is now producing the 48 Days podcast transcripts. He said he's heard many times people ask for those over the years, so he decided to take action to add value to the community. So he now has 48daystranscripts.com. And he has right there, and we'll be linking to that, transcripts of all the podcast. I am a visual learner, not an audio learner. I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts, but I love having the text in front of me. If I have the text, I can scan, I can go through text a lot faster than anybody can talk. So I love having that. And I'm delighted that Jody is going to give us that added bonus of having transcripts for the podcast. So if you see a question, you can scan through and get the podcast notes there, see what my response was, what the question was in its entirety. So thanks so much, Jody, for doing that. Now, a couple others. Bernard Kelvin Klein is a pastor from Ghana, Ghana in Africa. He's just written the no nonsense guide to personal branding for career success. 101 practical tips and lessons. Well, I did an endorsement for his book. It's really well done. This is not his first, but just a couple notes from what has happened to him living in Ghana. You know, we so often look at, well, my circumstances don't allow me to do that. Gee, I live in a poor part of town or I didn't grow up in the right family or I don't have the right degree. Well, you hear a lot of people here in the podcast who just took where they were, started there, no excuses and just moved forward. Well, Bernard Calvin Klein is one of those. He says he joined the 48days.net community back in 2010 Being a part of that community allowed me to gain a lot of insight about blogging, writing, and creating podcasts. In 2010, I began podcasting, he says. I used my Dell laptop with an inbuilt microphone to record minute-long motivations. In those days, only few pastors delivered delivered their sermons via podcast. Aside those few, no one else in Ghana was doing it at all. I persisted. He talks about how he started gaining subscribers and then had moved to over 50,000 podcast downloads. Pretty soon he got his podcast ranked number one on iTunes, Ghana. So of all podcasts coming out of Ghana, his was ranked number one, number one in Ghana and Botswana under the self-help category into producing a successful podcast. I now have successfully published close to a dozen books, two of which have been translated into French a first for any Ghanaian motivational author, all available on Amazon. He's also the first Ghanaian author to have his book converted to a mobile app. He's the first resident Ghanaian author to have a book that is an Amazon bestseller. In 2012, Kelvin says, I was honored to deliver the commencement speech for the College of Art and Social Sciences at the Kwame Nkrumah University of Science and Technology in Ghana. He says, I say all this not to boast, but to inspire you to do even more with your life. With commitment, hard work, persistence, and prayer, anything is possible. He says, the internet opens new doors to learn, form friendships, to travel the length and breadth of the world, touching many hearts along the way. By no means will I say I've arrived. I'm still traveling this road, practicing and polishing my skills and knowledge as I go. Well, congratulations, Bernard, on all that you've done. It's amazing. 
to see the things that you're cranking out podcast and now multiple books. Well done. I might add was delighted to give an endorsement for that and uh, thrilled to see your continued success. Now I got a note from Ronnie Boyd. Now Ronnie was an Eagles club client, coaching client of mine came to me, saw him first in April of 2012. So about a year and a half ago. Now Ronnie was 39 years old and Really, I mean, I remember so clearly his sense that at 39, life was just passing him by. Had a sales position, was doing okay, but was not a reader, you know, watched a lot of TV, and just felt like nothing was happening in his life. He was just stuck in his own version of Groundhog Day. And so he writes to me. He says, Dan, I've been doing great with my new venture. Just to recap you know, I got into real estate investing. I've now turned over 17 deals and have just taken down my first rental to buy and hold that I bought with cash from my business. Now, this is a year and a half of dramatically changing the things he was doing, learning principles for success and taking action. Uh, Ronnie says, I've still been working the HUD deals every day for deals. I also use MLS, direct mail. To date, I just went over the $100,000 in profit from this side venture. The first calendar year in real estate, I produced $90,000 in net profit. Very thankful to you and your teachings and help. I read too many books to list here and have more book hours on Stitcher, listening to great podcasts, more than I can remember. Last time I checked, it was up to over 300 hours on Stitcher, listening to podcasts. No junk books just good content to move forward. Now he listened to this. Now I, I told you he had a sales job. He didn't quit his job. He says, I still have my job, but I can leave anytime I want. I know now I can support myself. The sky's the limit with hard work and smart decisions. I can hit my goal of 250,000 per year very soon. Now that's the goal he had set. Now believe me, he was making a whole lot less than that when we started on this process, but he just learned listened, read, took action, eliminated the negative habits from his life and started on this path, created over $90,000 part-time just on the side in addition to his job. And he says, I still have my job, but I can leave anytime I want to. I'm also moving to start my portfolio to generate passive income. Now the world is different now. And I see it like never before. I've cut back my TV use, my home, work most nights in my business or educate myself versus watching junk. What a difference. My family's doing well. I'm in a great church. I have a fantastic Sunday school class and I'm still working to better myself. I've had so much fun doing this and every day it's just getting easier. Ronnie Boyd, Columbia, South Carolina. Isn't that a great update on a life transformed? Just took action. 18 months, dramatic turnaround. He can leave his job anytime he wants to. Making money in real estate. Now, another note, Jared Latigo. Now, Jared's another active member on 48days.net. He launched a site called Book Launch Place. He says, we're getting some traction. We moved up the bit in the subscriber list and are sitting at 71 as of this email. Now, it's also starting to help people sell a few books, which is a whole point. He works with authors. Now, I'll link to this, but he's got authors like Jeff Goins, who's an active member of 48days.net and a very up-and-coming successful author, but Jared launched this site to just help give people promotion for their books, Book Launch Place. So I'll link to that. Delighted to see 
what he's doing to add value to the community. And we see people like uh, Jeff Goins, his new book, In Between. I mean, he's rocking and rolling. I mentioned on a previous podcast that Joanne and I went to his book launch for that book right here in Franklin, Tennessee. He had a blast. Joel Bogus has a book coming out, Finding Your Voice. He's going to be doing a book launch. Now, let me tell you just real quick what he's doing to it. It bears mentioning here. He wrote a book about young women who come out of less than desirable backgrounds, just without going into all the details, but you can fill in the blanks, all the kind of things that they may have struggled with and how they can find their voice and move into success. He partnered with an organization here. Now, Joel lives in Dallas, but he partnered with an organization right here in Nashville called Mercy Ministries. Many of you are probably familiar with that. They have seven locations around the world doing amazing work with young girls, helping them become godly, upstanding, productive, entrepreneurially successful young women. The stories are just amazing. Just went to the 20 year anniversary celebration for them and, uh, heard the stories of a lot of girls who are now uh, have grown up and are starting their own families. But Joel partnered with mercy ministry because it's a, it's an organization whose work correlates with what he wrote in his book, finding your voice. And I think he's got an agreement with them where like the first year he and his publisher together will give them a dollar for every book that's sold. Well, that's pretty cool. I mean, if they sell 10,000, it's $10,000. If they sell 250,000 copies of his book, it's a quarter of a million dollars for that particular organization. But just a great example of partnering where you get the additional marketing exposure of what that organization is doing, plus helping out a worthy cause, the bottom line. Congratulations on that. You know, if I started going through just the people who in, in the 48 days community who are publishing books, it'd go on for the entire length of the podcast. It's amazing how many people are doing that. Now here's a note. I love this kind of note. This came from Dawn Jumper. I guess that's really her name. Dawn Jumper from Lookout Mountain, Tennessee. It says, hello, this is not a question, but a thank you. You inspire me and open my eyes to new possibilities with every podcast. If you'd ever like to trade services, I would be honored. I've heard you mention grandchildren. Maybe you'd like me to provide an everyday etiquette class for them. Now she has a site, theetiquetteco.com. I'm just a two hour drive from you. I visit Nashville often to see my daughter at Vandy. Well, I went to the site Dawn, it's delightful. I love what you're doing, teaching etiquette for kids. Sure, I'm going to pass this on to my daughter, Ashley. I've got three granddaughters who live right here locally. I'd love for them to go through an etiquette. I'd love for all my grandkids, 12 of them. I don't know that I can get them together when they live in Colorado, Nashville, and Africa, but I'd love for them all to go through that. We'll work something out. Hey, speaking of my granddaughter and entrepreneurial kind of things, one more quick note, and then we'll go into the questions here. We just had an event here for our coaching mastery students, those who are in that program. You know, it's a year-long program, and we have multiple stages in there. We just had a two-day event where we worked on building their businesses, just some amazing things we're seeing happening in there. But my little granddaughter, Clara, is making money to buy a camera. She makes muffins along with a little help from her grandma or mama. And she makes muffins. And she asked me, she said, when are you going to have one of those things where lots of people are here at the sanctuary? And I said, well, as a matter of fact, there's one coming up real soon. So she got this grin on her face. And I said, you want to sell your muffins, don't you? So she did. And we had 
in that group. She she made a chunk of money. I wrote a blog about it. You can check that out. But uh, she made a chunk of money. People were most generous with tips, helping my little granddaughter out with her entrepreneurial process. But she made the money to buy her camera. So rather than mom and dad just giving her that, no, she has a satisfaction of having worked for her own digital camera at six years old. Now has that. Watch how she takes care of that compared with a kid who was just given a camera with no work involved. Well, we love to see these principles being developed in the next generation. Trust me. All right, let's go into some of the questions. Noel says, Dan, I'm currently in about $6,000 in credit card debt. I was wondering, even though I already have $6,000 in debt, should I pull out loans and go back to school to get a master's in business degree? I have a bachelor of health science. And even though I have filled out lots of applications, I've been unable to get a job with it. I just read the first couple pages of 48 days to the work you love, hoping to read the first chapter tomorrow in order to help people get fit at home, get healthier at home and to make some money so that I could do th- good things with it. I wrote two eBooks form the habit and the flash workout. But so far I've earned very little money from them. I used what little money I could get a hold of to pur- purchase your book and Dave Ramsey's total money makeover but I don't have any more money to buy any more books or to pay for school or open doors to do a lot of other good things. Um, okay. Anyways, question is, should he borrow money to go back and get a master's in business degree? I would never recommend that. Now here's, here's why Noel, based on what you're saying here, you, you have a hard time selling your books. So you don't really understand online marketing. You're having a hard time getting a job. And your assumption is that if you go back and get a master's degree, it'll solve those problems. It won't. You're going to be the same person if you have a master's in business degree. Or, you know, I mean, you are not going to learn the things there to help you get a job effectively. Now, if you're having a lot of success getting jobs and you just want the additional education that comes from having a master's in business degree, that's something else. Now, even there, I'm not going to recommend that you borrow money to do that. I'm going to give you another option here in just a little bit with another question that I want to address as well. But no, if you want to go back to school, fund it by going to school part-time and working so that you pay for it as you go. You'll resent every penny you borrow when you get out and getting another degree is not going to be the magic ticket to help you get a job. Work on your job search skills. Go through, I'm glad you're reading 48 Days to the Work You Love, go through the job search section in there. It'll teach you how to go out here and get jobs that other people don't even know about and how to present yourself so you're the top candidate. This has a lot to do with personal presentation, not just a degree that you have or an additional degree that you have. So no, I would not recommend that you borrow the money to do this. I would recommend first that you work on your job search skills so you're getting job offers. Get in a great job, and then if you decide, again, you want to move up in a degree, I'm all for that. But don't do it in the way that you've laid out here. Now, another related question to that comes from Todd, Tom Everett from Gilbert, Arizona. Tom says, I'm looking for advice marketing my landscaped architecture business. I work full-time as an academic counselor for an online school from 6.30 in the morning until 3.30 in the afternoon. I've been trying to contact people for marketing my firm during lunch breaks and after work in the evenings and on Saturdays, I work on any projects that I brought in. 
I have three decent clients and want to move into doing my landscape architecture business full time once I have enough clients to keep me busy and to pay my bills. Join a networking networking group and I hope that'll help. I find that architects and civil engineers typically hire me for projects since they are usually the lead consultant. I feel like my strategy is a little scattered and I'd like advice on a more structured strategy for initial contact and follow-up. Great question, Tom. I mean, I've got a guy I've talked about, our yard beauty manager that I've engaged here. Now, the way he's getting more business is because I'm recommending him to everybody that I see. I'm telling people about him. I'm giving him names to contact. You know, he doesn't need to do much beyond that. But here's what I'm going to recommend in your situation. Yeah, learn how to market well. That's going to be as important as knowing how to do the landscaping well. But here's what I'm going to recommend. That is the eCornell course on marketing strategy. It's exactly what you're looking for. Now, if you go to ecornell.com slash 48 days, you can get 20% off this online marketing strategy. Now, this is not somebody who just picked up a cutesy name. This is Cornell University, very prestigious school. This is their online marketing strategy course. It leads to an accredited certificate. So you can show that you've got that. Now, both of you, the previous... Uh, Noel, the previous listener as well, I'd recommend that rather than going back and spending $35,000 for a master's in business, get this online marketing strategy course. I think it'll do more to give you traction in terms of marketing yourself, understanding how to do that effectively and give you something behind your name that really will have credibility. So this is a seven course online program to give you as a leader, manager, really an MBA level strategic marketing course. So it's part of their MBA program. You can get that. Go to ecornell.com slash 48 days. It takes you right to this marketing strategy certificate program. Now it's the cost on it is 2,880 bucks, no interest for six months. So it breaks down to about $480 a month. You can do that. Do that as a part-time kind of thing. Six months, you knock it out, get your certificate, have that behind you. That's what I would recommend. Again, that's ecornell.com slash 48 days. Great questions. This is the, this is the way education's going. Don't stop everything you're doing and go back and accumulate mountains of debt and not be productive in terms of generating income for you know, two years, work, get these online courses going so that you get identifiable skills, real marketable skills that will apply to helping you increase your level of success. Well, let's move on. Um, this comes from Elizabeth Palo Alto. Oh, I was just out in Palo Alto last week. She says, I was diagnosed with ADHD. Now, this is an important question, and this probably affects a whole lot of you listening. I mean, I, I know that it does. Check this out. Elizabeth says, I was diagnosed with ADHD and dyslexia eight years ago. My symptoms have become worse as I get older. I'm now 31 years old. I work as an administrative assistant at an engineering office. I feel that I'm not stimulated enough in my job. I'd like to start my own business, but I feel with my diagnosis, I will have a difficult time completing tasks such as completing paperwork, paying bills on time, etc. What advice do you have for someone like me? 
how can I become financially independent? Is there anyone you've met that has been able to overcome this and become successful? Elizabeth, yes. I know a whole lot of people who have been diagnosed with ADHD, including the one whose voice you're listening to right now. Yeah, I've been diagnosed with ADHD. I mean, I had a complete workup. Oh, I don't know, five or six years ago. Again, I mean, I've had a lot of them over the years. And they told me, you know, to never have my desk positioned where I could see a window because it would be distracting and all these things I was supposed to do. And then I ignored all that and came back to my wonderful office where I look out the window at the birds and the deer and see people drive in. It's just part of my work environment. But here's the deal. Do I know anyone else who's been diagnosed with ADHD and dyslexia? Yeah. Hundreds and hundreds of extremely successful people. Now, you've heard me talk about my son, Jared, who lives in Africa. I mean, uh, working in a traditional office would be disastrous for Jared. He just tried it again recently. He was appointed CEO of a company. He tried to make himself go into the office for four months, and it just would not work. He could not work in a normal kind of environment at all. So he broke out of that, back out on his own, his own new company. Every day is unpredictable. Every day is dangerous because of where they live. Nairobi, you've heard the news just recently about Nairobi. Uh, yeah, we're going to go over and see him in a couple of weeks, but, uh, and we are going to go. People say, are you kidding me? You're going to go? I'm like, look, if we start ducking our head in fear because of something like that happens, we'll never leave the house. That could happen in the mall. That's three minutes from my house here. So yeah, we're going to go. Anyway, Jared is one of those who, see, there you go. That's what happens when you're dyslexic and ADD. You jump off and follow rabbit trail squirrel. There it goes again. But I know lots of people who are very successful. As a matter of fact, it usually is part of somebody's story who is extremely successful. I mean, look at people like Richard Branson. I mean, you know, there's a whole bunch of people out there whose names you would know who are, in fact, ADHD. When people recognize the signs of it, <laughs> they recognize they can channel that into doing things that are extraordinary and doing things that are really different. Now, look at the, the, the signs of being ADHD and then compare those to the characteristics of a successful entrepreneur. So ADHD, yeah, you're going to be distracted. Always have to have something new to think about. You're saying that your job now doesn't give you enough stimulation. Yeah, that's not unexpected at all. What is required of an entrepreneur? They're constantly coming up with new ideas for how to improve the business. Wow. ADHD might start several projects at one time, not complete any of them. Gee, to be an entrepreneur, you want to be flexible. You want to approach problems from several different angles, always ready to change direction if that's what's needed. I mean, that's one of the things I love about being an entrepreneur. We don't have to have four months of committee meetings to make a new decision. We can change on a dime. We can start something, boom. We can think about it today and implement it tomorrow. I love that kind of flexibility that you never get in a traditional corporate environment. Usually, people with ADHD are visual thinkers. They see things in their mind. Well, guess what's helpful as an entrepreneur? You need to be a visionary where you can paint a picture for other people to get excited and get on board. I mean, usually uh, ADHD, you know, hyperactive. God, I just always need to be moving around. 
well, entrepreneurs are always on the go. I mean, once you really understand what ADHD looks like, you could easily conclude that virtually all successful entrepreneurs have ADHD. I mean, the experts on this that look back in history recognize that Benjamin Franklin had ADHD. I mean, and he was really the first notable American entrepreneur. There's a lot of evidence that Thomas Edison had ADHD, as did Henry Ford, Walt Disney, both of the Wright brothers. We could go on and on and on. I mean, there are examples like David Nealman, who is a CEO of JetBlue. He's publicly talked about his ADHD. So recognizing and understanding that you do have ADHD and dyslexia, dyslexia could be the first step toward realizing your full potential in business and in your personal life. So don't bury it. Recognize that it's probably something that's going to be helpful for you. Now, you know, we have a tendency in our culture to very quickly give these somber, uh, just dreadful names to things. And then we're burdened with this. Well, a lot of things like this being one of them can be your greatest asset. It may not be a destructive kind of things that limits your possibility. It may be the very thing that fuels your extraordinary success. Now there's a guy here locally named Paul Aldrich, who is very ADHD. The guy is just absolutely nuts, but he, he's a comedian. He's a speaker, presenter, author. He's done a song on dyslexia about Kathy. Now I'm going to, I'm going it, to, it's just two minutes. I, I hate to interrupt our, the pod, but at the same time here, I, I want you to hear this. This is on dyslexia. Listen to this hilarious song. This is how he treats his being dyslexic. What a wonderful name, Kathy. Y-H-T-A-K. And as I spoke her name one last time, Kathy died and went to heaven. But then without warning, she became gravely ill. We were so happy then (laughs) We had a boy, then a girl Soon we were expecting our first Finally we bought a home Then moved into our first apartment So off we went on our honeymoon (laughs) Soon she was dressed in white Walking down the aisle the next day, I asked her to marry me. Y H T A K. And as we danced the night away, I said, Would you care to dance? <laughs> oh, hello. My name is Paul. Then she asked me, What's yours? My name is Kathy with a Y and a K. It was love at first sight. Then suddenly, I saw her. All my life, I felt so alone. It's not dyslexic being easy. Y-H-T-A-K-A-K-A-K-A-K-A-K-A-K-A-K-A-K-A-K-A-K-A-K-A-K-A-K-A-K-A-K-A-K-A-K-A-K-A-K-A-K-A-K-A-K-A-K-A
Well, there you go. And obviously that's going to be my encouragement is rather than seeing this as a burden, learn how to live with it and use it as an asset. You know, we see a lot of reversals like Paul is singing in his song there, hilarious song when Jared, my son, was a little kid, one of the Super Bowl parties that we had at our house. He came out with a sign for his favorite team. Now, his favorite team at the time, we were living in California, was going to be the 49ers. But his sign that he had carefully made to wave around at the party was four peers. He had reversed the nine. And we recognized, you know, very early on that he had some challenges and how he saw letters. He saw things backward. And we, we had a lot of fun with that. And Jared has gone on to do some pretty amazing things in spite of that, which I encourage you to do as well. Are you going to struggle as an admin sitting in a cubicle? Yeah, that's not unexpected at all. But look at yourself, you know, know yourself so you can understand what the best options are going to be. Well, here's a question from Brian from New York. I've been with my company over 19 years. There have been many recent changes and I'm currently working for a poor manager. The company is also possibly being sold in the near future. I've been trying to make a transition to a new position, but during interviews I'm being asked why I stayed at my company so long and why I'm looking to leave now. I'm finding it hard to answer this question. Help. Now, isn't that interesting? Brian, you've been at your company for over 19 years. Now, just a few years ago, we would have seen that as a tremendous asset that kind of loyalty to be in one place. You're not a job hopper. You're not just jumping around. And now it's being seen as a negative. Why have you stayed so long in one place? That pretty well speaks to the kind of career path we have today, where it's not just staying in one company for 25 years and getting a gold watch. No, it's knowing what our area of competence is, identifying our transferable marketable skills and yell. Oftentimes, every two or three years, change into a new company where we can move up in our career path rather than just moving up vertically in a one company where we may have to change what it is we're doing, move to different organizations where you keep developing and refining a unique set of skills. So how do you answer that? Golly, I mean, you have to just convince them of your excitement about the anticipated change know that you have been loyal to the company describe how your skills have developed and been kept fresh in that company you I mean you've got to do that if they get any sense that you've just hunkered down there and now you're you're ready to bolt just because the company is thinking about um the company is being sold you know that's not going to work to your advantage but just say that you're at a place where you're exploring new options to better use your skills to bring more value to an organization you know, go back to 48 days. I'll send you a fresh copy of 48 days, 48 days to the work you love. Go through that job search process where you can convey to a company why you are a great candidate. Good question. Jason from Vancouver, Canada says, thanks for doing an outstanding job at the podcast. I learned so much from each episode. My question is, should I give up pursuing a management career? I have a bachelor's degree in business, have not been able to move up the ladder, so to speak, in both my volunteer and paid leadership positions. I've not been successful. The logic side of me says to move on to something else as I don't have the interest to lead, but my ego says to stay until I break through. I have no passion for leadership. I'm an introvert with success in influencing from behind the scenes. What do I do? Wow, what a great 
way to frame your question, Jason. Your question is, should you give up pursuing a management career? And then you add, I have no passion for leadership. I'm an introvert with success and influencing from behind the scenes. What do I do? Shakespeare. Remember that old guy, the old bard said this above all to thine own self be true and it must follow as night follows day. Thou canst not then be false to any man. Stop trying to be something you're not. If you know that you're introverted, don't try to be a leader in an organization. Now I use leader there in a traditionally implied way where it's the person up front. You can lead from behind the scenes, but without going into all the specifics of that, yeah, with what you're implying here where somebody is up front charging the troops, you know, being out front, being the cheerleader, yeah, don't try to be that. Be true to yourself. That's the best way to be excellent. Be excellent in those things that make you unique rather than mediocre trying to be what somebody else expects or skills that you think are somehow more desirable. You can do that. I mean, I'm very introverted. When you think about the things that I do, it's pretty much behind the scenes, one directional. I seldom come out of my cave. When I do, it's very emotionally draining and exhausting for me. So when we have a two-day event here and I put on my game face, you know, do that, relate to people, then I need about three days to recover from that. But find where you are excellent and don't try to make yourself something else. Yeah, I mean, your question implies again, should you go, should you maybe even get another degree, you know, in management? No, don't do that. Just stay true to yourself. That's where you're going to find your strongest, your your strength and your best opportunities. Here, here's another one that kind of relates to that. This comes from Jess, who says, Dan, I appreciate that you encourage people to dream and then pursue those dreams. I recently began exploring new career possibilities and have enlisted the help of a coach. I'm currently a CPA with a high I personality on the DISC model. Now that in itself is kind of an irony to be a high I where you are very outgoing, gregarious people person and you're a CPA. Usually those don't go together in a normal sense. Okay, Jess says, I'm in the process of exploring new options and trying to determine what I'm passionate about. My coach has suggested I change jobs, look for another accounting position, then look for new opportunities within that company that allow me to merge my accounting experience with my high I personality and until I have a better idea of what area I want to pursue. pursue. Do you agree with this approach? Well, that's okay, but I'm, I'm not sure that you need a stair-step approach here if you really know and validate the fact that you are a high I and you, you ought to be able to recognize in CPA jobs, will they embrace that? I mean, if you are put into a position where you're shoved into a cubicle at 8 o'clock in the morning and you know they push a peanut butter and jelly sandwich under your door at lunchtime, you can come out at 5 o'clock, I mean, that's not going to work as a high I. If you are in an accounting firm where you understand the accounting principles, but now you're the guy that goes out and generates new accounts. So you're out there visiting with companies all day long. I mean, that could be a great fit. You may decide that instead of getting another job, you're going to do independent CPA work. And so you have 10 clients. You're in and out of their businesses. You're seeing the variety of things that they're doing, relating to them, going to lunch. I mean, there's a lot of things. I mean, my bookkeeper is kind of like what you described. I mean, she's, she's really, um, you know, comfortable 
outgoing gal, and she has her own business where she has about 10 clients. I'm one of those. So she's in and out of a lot of different situations every day, and it works very, very well for her. She would not do well just hold up somewhere doing nothing but looking at books. So identify what the ideal situation would be, and then if you can find that within a new, a new company with a new position, then that's fine. But if you can't, certainly there's a lot of opportunity to create your own path based on what you're describing about yourself. Again, it's that thing, know yourself, to your own self be true, then you'll find the best opportunities and the most money and the most amazing life, all those things when we are living an authentic life. Again, that's uh, in Wisdom Meets Passion. In my latest book, I wrote about that, the research that shows that the biggest regret of people who know they're approaching death is that I wish I'd had the courage to live a life authentic to myself rather than living out the expectations of others. That Living out the expectations of others will make you old and send you to your grave before your time. Live an authentic life and you'll be amazed at what happens. Tom from Fort Mill, South Carolina says, Dan, I'm currently teaching business in middle school and need a change in my career. My dream has always been to be an entrepreneur and create an income that I control. Education is still a passion of mine, but I would like to channel it in some other way. My plan was to leave my current position, start a website that educates people about nutrition and healthy living. I'm still not sure how I can make it profitable. I also have tossed around about creating an app that works in relation to the website. My wife is a dentist and her income will allow me to pursue this passion of mine. In the end, she wants me to be happy and she knows that where I am right now is not the right fit. What advice would you have for me in pursuing my dream? Thanks again from Tom. Well, Tom, a couple weeks ago, I handled a question from a gentleman who said his wife had just gotten her PhD and gotten a great job the day before he quit his job. He no longer had to work. And I about wanted to pull my hair out uh, because I didn't think that was putting them in a great position in terms of the relationship. Here's what I would recommend. Everything that you describe that you want to move into, you want to start a website, educates people about nutrition, healthy living. You can do that in your discretionary time. That's not something that requires full-time work. I would not recommend that you stop your current job and just hope that you can develop something when you're starting from zero and haven't developed a penny in income. I develop your ideas, test your ideas. What is it you could sell online? What is it you could do to be a resource? What is it you could do to consult and counsel and coach with people so that you start getting some income coming in when you are generating on a regular basis, 50% of the income that you have now, then you're okay to go ahead and quit your job because you know you're on track and you can then ramp it up. But to quit your job with no income, when you're looking at things that typically are going to have a pretty long lead time to generate significant income, I think you run the risk of putting your marriage in jeopardy. Even though your wife as a dentist make an income to support you both, I've seen time and time again resentment build where the guy quits his job to pursue his dream. And all of a sudden a year goes by with no income. Yeah, you know, things are tolerable, but underneath it, there's resentment building because he's not generating income. There's just no reason to do that. There's no reason to, to put yourself in that position. I'd experiment with everything that you're talking about right now and start to generate income. Get your income coming in from your sideline efforts. 
then quit your job with your head a little high and there's not that kind of major bleep in your income in your household. Well, I didn't squeeze this in earlier, but Ann, just a reminder, if you got a question you want to shoot in, just shoot that in. Go to the 48days.com site, click on the podcast link, or you can just send an email to askdan at 48days.com. Again, your question can come in to askdan at 48days.com. All right, a couple more here. Kevin from Oshkosh, Wisconsin says, Thanks so much for your help. Even though I've read and reread 48 days, taken notes and tried to utilize it to my best potential. I still only find the positions that barely support my family with all the dollars and years I've given to college. Why is it that the skill of how to find a good paying job or career is still a mystery? Well, I'm not sure. You know, if you've read and reread 48 days, boy, that makes me feel bad that you are still struggling with this, how to find a good paying job Still mystery. I mean, it, I'm going to have to just give you a brief kind of synopsis here. It's not the economy. It's not where you live. This is very much an inner game. So you've got to look at, you know, why is this such a challenge for you? Why are you underemployed and barely supporting your family? What unique skills do you have that could be leveraged in a better way? If that is doing a job search and find if you're underemployed, then do a job search, find a better position that compensates you better. If those are things that are not used well in a corporate environment, look at the other options. Could you freelance? Could you do something on your own? You know, there's gotta be something that you can do to get you out of what you describe here. Well, you know, Todd Stocker sent me a clip. Well, I've got a couple other questions. I'm going to have to save for later. I love this one about personal excellence invokes jealousy in coworkers, but I need more time to develop that. I'll come back to that next week. Todd Stocker sent a link. I'll put it in the podcast notes of a camera strapped to the back of an in-flight Eagle. This is amazing. I loved it. I've watched it again and again, giving me the sense. I've always loved the symbolism, symbolism of the Eagle. And I guess probably at some level, you know, I have the desire to fly like an eagle. This allows me to do that. It's a great clip. Todd, thanks for sending that in. Well, remember our notes from today? Stop being stupid. Came from that Albert Einstein quote, everybody is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it'll live its whole life believing that it is stupid. Well, don't believe you're stupid. Find the things that you do well and spend your time there. We covered that question about staying at a company so long that can actually work against you at this point. And we had some fun talking about the ADHD dyslexic kind of issue. Yeah, it's challenging, but we too quickly want to subdue that in children, put them on medication so that they can stay inside the, the lines when they color and sit in their seat for eight hours a day in school and perhaps lose the next Albert Einstein or Ben Franklin or Richard Branson or all the other people that we know who use those skills to a, a unique advantage. So uh, be careful about just wanting to get rid of it or seeing it as a weakness. Look at it instead as a unique asset that you could possibly use. Well, I hope that you are involved in life in a way that's meaningful, purposeful, and productive for you. Uh, check out the live events. We've got all the live events 
up at the 48 Days site for 2014. Got those slots filling up. Got some exciting things. If you're interested in coaching, check out our Coaching Mastery Program. And that's something that we're having lots of fun with, with people. I love uh, it's allowing me to coach with more passion than I think I perhaps have ever done in my life. Working with coaches as they develop their coaching business. Love the process. Having a lot of fun. We'll be delighted to talk to you about that. Thanks for being part of this community. Thanks for being somebody who is not looking for excuses, who's not blaming, but is in fact finding or creating work that is purposeful, meaningful, productive, and profitable. Let us know your story about what you're doing that's extraordinary.